Our scripture today is Joshua 1, 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that, I've, that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness in this low Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you, shall be ca- for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. O- only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, you, Silas. Um, Man, well, Happy New Year. Good morning. It's, uh, It's good to be together. It's good to be gathered. I'm super pumped for our baptism next week. Um, and all that that means, I, I would encourage you, I've, I think twice in the last 15 years as a pastor or so, um, as I was a part of a baptism, there were people that just witnessing someone be baptized gave their life to Jesus. And we're like, this is, oh my gosh, this is true, I'm all in. And so, um, man, I would pray into that for next week, but also invite into that next week too, to be like, hey, come, you gotta, you gotta check out this guy who, uh, uh, which is Jesus really, but you gotta check out this other guy who followed this other guy and has given his life to Jesus, and, uh, and man, let's celebrate with him. So uh, if you're able, I would love for us all to, to gather next week. Uh, and next Sunday, too, we'll be going back into the book of Genesis. So um, I think in September or so we, we, of last year, we, we kicked off the book of Genesis, uh, got into close to chapter 3. Um, and so we're going to go back into Genesis probably for the rest of the year, um, which we, went, we spent over a year going through the book of John. And I think the church would agree that was really um, a blessing. And I think the book of Genesis will be the same. And so we'll, we'll go through that next week. Um, but for this Sunday, 2023, we're going to zoom out a little bit. And um, none of us this time last year, me for sure too, none of us knew what last year was going to be like. Um, At the beginning of the year, none of us could have guessed what last year was going to be like. And not one of us have any clue what this year is going to bring. We just don't. That's the human condition um, it's a blessing in some ways. If you knew what was happening, you wouldn't sleep well probably uh, for a lot of it. Um, but, um, but none of us know what 2023 will be like. And in light of all that we've experienced, how can we keep going? How can we um, actually advance, move forward in a healthy way, not just like put your head down and grin and bear it and just go until you're past exhaustion. But how can we actually go forward 
in a healthy way in what the Lord has for each of us. Personally, has for us as a church. How can we be ready, if possible, which I believe it is, how can we be ready for whatever the Lord has for us, for whatever this year brings? And um, when I, I think, maybe two times ago when I preached, I just preached on one verse in Joshua 1, Joshua 1, 9, um, and we're, we're returning to Joshua 1 again, um, but this time, zooming out a little bit, and, and this, like, how as a community can we keep going where God is leading us, no matter what comes? So we're gonna, we're gonna let Joshua 1 lead us through that, but we got to set the scene for Joshua 1, the whole book of Joshua, but Joshua 1, you, we got to know what's happening or we'll probably miss 90% of what shouldn't be missed. So God's people had a crazy amount of things happen in a short amount of time. So they've gone from being slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years to now they're free people with only a promised home. They've seen the plagues of Egypt. They've crossed through the Red Sea. Um, they've seen the waters parted. God, they, they had no way to eat even. And God miraculously provided manna in the desert to keep them alive. Um, they had no shelter. God miraculously provided a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to keep them warm. Um, you know, they've seen all that stuff. Like, I mean, if you sit down and interview these people, you're going to be in for some amazing stories. Um, you could call them heroes of the faith. They faithfully followed God. They put the blood over the doorposts, if you remember, um, so that the angel of death wouldn't visit their family. They're heroes of the faith, and they all sinned so much as they were being led out of Egypt that none of the ge that generation were allowed to live to see the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb were the only two. So imagine also all of those funerals. There were no grandparents who entered the promised land. No grandparents. It was a, it was a million people with no grandparents because they had all died. So, so just hundreds of thousands of funerals that took place in that time as well. And every community had the grief of untimely death. Every community were following God through their brokenness. And I think a, a legit question is like, is God finished with them? It's like, gosh, this has been a disaster. Let's just put, put a period at the end of this sentence and let's find somebody else. Will maybe God not be done with them, but just give them a long break? You guys have been through so much. Let's just take a breather and like, I'll come back in 10 years and we'll figure out something. Um, maybe like they've just experienced too much, too much for one person to bear. Moses isn't here. How could we follow God without Moses? He was the one that we followed God through, right? Like all of these Probably questions. Maybe they didn't have these questions. I think if I would have been alive at that time, I think I would have been questioning these things. So look at Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, 
Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, a river, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. I love like God shows no tiredness. God is not unsure what the next steps should be. God is not done leading his people in health and in mission. And what we see here in just the first two verses is after the death of Moses, God doesn't stop his mission. After the death of Moses, he doesn't stop his mission. He doesn't hesitate. He goes straight into the next part of his mission. And it's a truth then that we observe and that we see in other places too, but in a truth now that we see in these verses. And you know, if you want to take notes or write something down or just something that you can come back to and just chew on, is that God continually prepares his people for his mission. And that was even the naming of Sacred Mission Church. It was, um, the heart behind it was, this is not our mission we're on. Uh, Actually believing that Jesus so cares about the people of rural central Iowa that he is on a sacred mission for us. And we just get to join him. And God is continually preparing his people for his mission. Moses is no longer there. Moses is no longer on the ground, and he's, Moses is just fine. We actually see him 1,500 years later. If, you're, if you uh, have remembered in the New Testament, the Mount of Transfiguration, where, where Jesus takes some of his buddies up, and it's Moses and Elijah speaking with Jesus as Jesus is, uh, the rescue of humanity is underway in a very present sense, and Moses gets to be there and see it in the promised land. He wasn't allowed to go there this side of the grave, but he was able to go there that side of the grave. And so Moses is just fine. God's taking care of him. But the mission on the ground no longer includes Moses, and that's okay. And God's like, here's what I want you to do now. God continually prepares his people for his mission. He was doing it then, he's doing it now. And then he gives this amazing promise, verse three. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, you, tread upon I've given to you. Just as I promised to Moses, then uh, verse five, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And I love here is he promises success. He promises victory. He promises his presence. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Every place that you go, everywhere that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you. So the success of his mission is not in doubt. And this is a second point about God that's true then, true now, is that God's mission is victorious. We don't need like a a really detailed like disclaimer. God's mission is victorious. The same guarantees that Joshua had for the success of the mission that God was leading him, that we have those guarantees today. We actually have greater guarantees. But when God calls us, like us in this room, 
to a mission, we will never be part of the losing side. No man, no angel, no demon can resist Jesus' ownership of us, Jesus' plan for us, plan through us. And then, <laughs> verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. And I would argue that, you're not, that we're not reading closely enough or not being present enough in Scripture, thinking about other things. But the, the closer we get, the more present we get, the more clear we should say, why? Why in the world would Joshua need to be strong and courageous? God has already guaranteed the victory. And in a very detailed way, God gave the, God said, everywhere you go, you're going to be victorious. And then twice, boop, boop, right after that is be strong and courageous. And then be strong and very courageous. Why? So, uh, you know, I... I've preached on this a bunch of times. This, this chapter has, has moved me for over a decade now. And I just always try and just put myself in a scenario of a similar type environment. And, you know, we have multiple basketball teams represented through our church community of different ages and different school districts. And imagine if, like, just as, as, truthful, as, as truthful can be, you knew that this one particular team was going to win state that year. You just, it was, you just knew truthfully you will win state. Imagine like the first day of practice showing up to the team and being like, hey, this is, this is true. And you gave evidence to like support how it is true, you know. And, and you're like, you will win state you know, I mean, I would think that there would be a lot of cheering and jumping up and down and high fives and all that stuff, right? And then if it's like, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> but be strong and courageous. Oh, be strong and very courageous. You know, I think that you would go from like that, like jumping up and down, celebrating, we're going to not just go to state, we're going to win state, to I think there would become like a soberness in the locker room that was like, I don't think it's going to be easy getting there. <laughs> I'm glad where we're going, but I guess it's going to take strength and courage to be able to get there. Verse 6 and 7 seems out of place in Joshua unless the victory requires great strength and great courage to get there. So I think then a natural follow-up question is how? 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 Like, okay, I, I see. I, I'm so glad for the victory. I'm realizing it's going to take a lot of strength and courage to get there. How, how do I do that? And, of course, God in his infinite wisdom and love for us doesn't be like, well, I hope you figure it out. 
He's like, no, let me share with you. And so verse 7, I believe, is where that starts. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So I think if we stick with like the basketball team uh, imagery here, it'd be like giving everybody a book. Being like, okay, everybody on the team, here's a book. Don't lose it. You know, keep it with you all the time. And before a really hard practice, you need to be reading it. After an incredible victory, you need to be reading it. Halftime, you need to be reading it. When things are really hard between your teammates and, and you kind of like are, are just having a lot of conflict with the teammate, make sure you read it. After a brutal loss, make sure you read it. Read it again, and then reread it, and then reread it again. Make it the air that you breathe. Then you'll be able to make it each step of the way. Then you'll have good success. Then you'll have strength. Then you'll have courage, and your heart will be in a good place along the way. You'll be rested along the way. And I think just a huge big picture reality to see here is, is what's ultimately happening here is that God cares about us as his mission is underway. You see, like you giving that booklet to like the basketball team members is like you're actually caring about, each, you, you want the mission to happen, but you're caring about each of them in a way that you're, you're wanting them to, to enjoy the season. <laughs> Through, through all of it, right? And this is what God is doing. God doesn't cancel his mission because he cares about us. He keeps his mission because he loves us and he wants to experience what he has for us. He wants us to experience what he has for us. And you could say, okay, where are we going with this? Why all this? Well, the fascinating thing in Joshua 1 is that Joshua is going to be asked to step into things that are crazy if God is not in it, and life-changing if God is really in it. Check this out. So the first thing that if, if we, Lord willing, we'll probably go through the book of Joshua one day, but the, the, the first thing like, there's no, like, easy on-ramp here. The first thing that God asks Joshua, asking the whole group of people to do is, hey, you're here on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Your promised home is on the western side of the Jordan River. All you have to do is just go through the Jordan River. Well, we know that during this time of the year, that river was in flood state, like total, I mean, like our little Wolf Creek uh, next to our house. It is, I mean, like, I think there's no, maybe no water in it right now. When it's like flood state, 
I could seriously die, like, trying to cross Wolf Creek, let alone, like, hey, church, come on, let's all cross together, you know, and that's a little creek that's dry most of the year. This is an actual river, and God tells Joshua, hey, go that way, and he doesn't say how, <laughs> and when, when Joshua turns around, the people be like, I know the plan. <laughs> Here's the plan. We are walking across the river. You know, they'd be like, man, Moses needs to come back. You know, like, this is a terrible plan. Uh, what about our kids? You know, you, you expect us all to do this? The second thing that God asks them to do is to go to Jericho and to a dozen times over the course of several days, march around the outside of the city and yell. Give, give a roar, audible yelling, and city walls that are, archaeology shows, over 15 feet thick, 40 plus feet high, that have been there for centuries, protecting against any invader with any weaponry. We're gonna give it a good yell. Those are the first two things in God's mission to Joshua to lead God's people into. Yet, meditating on the word of God, just making this the air that we breathe as a church Making this be, not because this is our God, but because our God has given us this so that we don't have to doubt his words, his, his way, his thoughts towards us. And Joshua didn't have very much of this. He actually only had the five books that Moses had written. But even with those books, meditating on those books, as God was communicating to him, he could say, that sounds like something you would have us do. That you have us do things that are impossible unless you are doing them through us. Then they are possible and they change us all. And so by Joshua meditating on the word of God, God led him to do things because he knew God. He knew the heart of God for him. He knew God's ways. The priests, the priests are leading the charge. They, they're holding onto the ark. There's a million people behind them. The priests come up, total flood stage. And what I love is there's this moment. All the parents that were a part of leaving Egypt are gone. This is our generation now. And they have to do this. The water didn't change flood stage until they stepped in it, until they, they had to take a step of faith. They had to step into the Jordan River at flood stage, leading a million people, and like, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, my plan is one step, like that, that I'm doing one step, and I don't know what God's going to do. 
And uh, we actually, without embarrassing Silas, his middle name is Banks because of this moment when your, your parents' faith can't be your faith. You can't be like, well, I think my dad would take a step, so I guess I'll take a step. Like, you can't, you have to have a relationship with God where you're like, God, I trust you. I'm here at the banks of the Jordan River, and I'm taking a step in the water because you led us here, and you've got us, and I'm stepping in. And so that was our heart, that Silas would have that faith um, and step, step into the things of God that way. So when they took a step into the water, it parted, and all the people walked across on dry ground. Then they get to walk around Jericho. They yell. The walls fall down. You can visit there. I went there once, and archaeology shows that the the walls actually fell out, which is crazy because usually if an army went, they would fall in because you're not like pulling the wall. You're usually pushing it. So usually when, when cities are destroyed, the walls have fallen in. These walls fell out. And uh, which even highlights that time. And what I love is these people following God's mission for them attempted things that only God could do. They didn't shrink back. They advanced his mission together. He asked them to do crazy things. And crazy things with his power are transformative things. And he doesn't communicate this from high up in heaven. Look at the beauty of verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So Joshua is not left, we're not left with this faraway God that's like, hey, it's going to be really hard over there, but I'll see you one day. No, he is promising, he is present in that. He's present with them then. He is present with us now. And Joshua still has to meditate on scripture to be strong and courageous, to hang with the one who is next to him, to be able to hang with where he is leading them, to be changed from the inside and to change from the outside. And important reality for us as we head into this new year is that God is with us as the mission is underway. And man, I, I feel that for us. I don't know what God has for us this year. I don't know what God will do in our midst, but I know that he will be present in our midst. And uh, that is comforting to me. It's encouraging to me. And man, as we kind of wrap up our time this morning, just a, a few, like God, we don't want to play at church here. We want to encounter you, encounter your ways, encounter your word, be changed and walk out of here together on mission in our community. And I think just an appropriate question for us is like, what is my Jordan River moment right now? What in my life, what is my Jordan River moment today? Because he's always leading us into a mission. He's, he's never content to leave us where we are. There's always a ton of room of growth as, uh, as he leads us to, to be made into the image of Jesus, to look more like Jesus this year than we, than we ever have before. Where, what is my Jordan River moment right now? And I think for some, that step is a step of salvation. It's saying, you know what, this is, I don't know how this is all gonna happen. Feels a little mysterious. I don't know what's gonna happen after the first step. But my step today 
is giving my life to Jesus. Salvation. Because sin has separated each of us from God. We aren't just sinners because we, we, we sin, which we do, but we are born separated from him. Our sin deserves for each of us to die that way, separated from him. But Jesus chose to be separated from the Father so we would not need to be. He became bloody so that we could become clean. He rose from the dead so we can be alive forever with him. Would, if there's anyone in here who walked in without having Jesus as your savior, I would just deeply encourage you, don't walk out the same way. You're, you're not in here accidentally. I believe that God has purposely led you here. And giving your life to Jesus is a crazy thing to do if God isn't a part of it, if God isn't in it. But if God is leading you in this and saying, come to me and I will give you soul rest, life-changing with him being in it. And so would you make that your step today, giving your life to him? Uh, for others, your step might be into a community group. It might be like, oh my gosh, I hear about that a lot. Went to a small group seven years ago. Everybody stabbed me in the back. Never going back to one of those again. And man, that could be a step of faith saying, hey, I've, <laughs> I felt like one time I stepped in there and it washed me away. Um, but to trust God to say, you know what? This is a different time. This is a different place. These are maybe the same group of people, maybe a different group of people, but with Jesus at the heart of it, could be life-changing things. Some people think, well, I'm not like an elite Christian enough to like meet in someone's home and study the Bible. Man, if you've got a yearning to learn more about God, like that's, it's not like a night of Bible trivia. <laughs> we, it's truly an island of misfit toys that are wanting to walk with Jesus together. And uh, if you would be welcome in any of our groups. Maybe it's uh, taking a step towards someone you don't like someone you're in conflict with and seeing what God does. Maybe it's getting baptized, taking a step, going public with your faith, being obedient to Jesus who says, when you come to me and have given your life to me, make it public. And once again, it'd be like, man, people might make fun of me that I work with or in school or whatever. And it's like, man, yes, crazy if God wasn't a part of it. God being a part of it, maybe those same friends will give their lives to Jesus when they see you be baptized. And man, this year, Lord willing, there will be many opportunities for us to grow in being leaders at Sacred Mission. We'll work on things that, that hopefully very soon will be great, a lot of opportunities to step into more and more leadership at Sacred Mission. You might be like, well, this doesn't apply to me because I'm not a leader. And my favorite definition of leadership is taking initiative for the benefit of other people. So I've encountered people that are like, Oh, yeah, I'm not a leader type. I'm, I'm not that A personality or, or whatever it may be. Um, but say, like, you know what? I see you take initiative for the benefit of other people's walks with Jesus. That's leadership. <laughs> You're leading. A, now, someone who's like, oh, I'm the leader because I want to be in charge. 
Well, that's more just being in charge, I'd say, because, you know, but if it's true, like, like I would say healthy Christian leadership is taking initiative for the benefit of other people. And Jesus chose the most unlikely people, his disciples, and led them into taking more and more initiative for the benefit of other people. And I feel like that's what will be one of the big themes of our church in the next year is God tapping on the shoulder of many people and saying, why don't you take more and more initiative for the benefit of other people? Um, and uh, let's learn how to do this together. And man, that could be a very scary but very exciting step forward. And I think for each of us, the best position in our heart for 2023 could be, here I am, Lord. My life is yours. Do what you like. Here I am, Lord. My life is yours. Do what you'd like. And Lord, I, I do pray that that would be characteristic of us, no matter what steps you have us take this year, no matter how you're leading us this year. Lord, we... Um, we are so grateful, Jesus, at how much you've pursued us. We're so grateful at all that you've done to get all of us into this room right now. There are thousands of miracles, crazy things we would have never thought would happen that, that have happened, and you've gotten us here. And, um, and Lord, we, we just say, here we are. Our life is yours. Do what you'd like. And maybe, maybe right now someone can't say that, Lord, maybe this is a prayer in this room. I, I want to be able to say that. Uh, I want that to be true of each one of us. Um, this is a prayer. Jesus, thank you for building your church. We don't want to just become a big church. We don't want to, our, our heart's desire to be um, anything for us, Lord, what we what we proclaim is that you are worthy of the joy and the worship of every single person in this area. You are worthy of that, and we want to see you receive the reward of your suffering. We want to see you receive the worship that you are due, and would it start with each one of us, because we know that that would bring us the greatest joy as well. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. So uh, a really appropriate response, I think, at the first day of 2023, this is special, is a great response, is, is coming to the table of the Lord, to communion. Um, I, I love that this is Jesus's idea. I love that this is his thing that he instituted for us to commune with him. And that, is our, that should be our response, is to come to him. To say, okay, I desire for these things to be true of me. I'm going to come closer to you and let the light of the world light me up. There are warnings in scripture for those who follow Jesus and give their lives to Jesus to not rush to the table. Because sometimes the Lord may want to do a little work on our heart um, and, and maybe a lot of work on our heart um, to, um, as we commune with him. But this table is for any that have given their lives to Jesus. Um, we have bread 
and wine, uh, the way that we do it here is we come down the center, um, take the elements, obey your conscience with the, with the wine or the juice, and then we'll go back and remain standing and we take it together as family. If you are here and you have not given your life to Jesus, what my invitation to you would be is, I don't think this means anything. Um, what would mean a lot is to spend that time just speaking to him, saying, okay, is this real? Are you real? These things you're talking about, are they real? If they are, I want to know. Really good use. If, if he makes it clear it is real, give your life to him and like run to the table. Even if we've started a song, be like, Christy, stop. I need to give my life to, I've just gave my life to Jesus. I'm coming to the table. That would be like the most epic interruption of all time and we would love it, you know. And so, so rush to the table for the first time if uh, you have given your life to Jesus. So let's spend some time and let's come to him.